Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. This is our instant reaction show, and I'm going solo today. Thorny has his hands full with some kid duties, and we didn't get around to putting it out last night because the game ended so late, but we're going to try to get one out for you, so you're just going to have fully going solo on this episode. This episode, we're going to go around the big sky. A lot of teams were off during the bye week. We'll talk about the games that happened, and then we'll give you the good, the okay, and the bad on the Montana State game that they uh, went down to Sacramento and had a 42-30 whoop down, as Thorny would like to say, against the Stingers. All right, let's start off with the big sky. Let's go over to Portland State, where Idaho State all of a sudden is 3-1 and in the big sky, 3-4 and overall, but they beat Portland State over in Hillsboro with a 38-24 win. Jason Cook or excuse me, Jordan Cook continues to impress me as a quarterback for Idaho State. He's their freshman. He had 259 yards with one touchdown. And I thought Portland State looked a little bit out of sorts. Dante Sacheray did not have a great first half. And Idaho State just continued to put them on it. They could run the ball. They could pass the ball. Uh, I know if I was a team in the big sky right now, Idaho State would not be a team I would want to play. They are a hot team. And it looks like Cody Hawkins might be kind of one of those front runners for coaches of the year candidate over there, turning the Bengals program around. Portland State falls for two and two in the big sky, three and four overall. So that was kind of a shocker. I was thinking Portland State would hold court there. Uh, I, d- I thought it was going to be a close one, but uh, two two teams that I th- I were th- I was thinking highly of Idaho State, Portland State, whoever thought I would say that, but the Bengals continued to impress. Coming down into eastern Washington over here in Cheney last night, they took down Weber 31-23, which was a really fun game to watch, actually. I caught a lot of it on SWX over here in Spokane. At least Weber was competitive. Uh, I, I needed to see something out of them. They seem to have a uh, a new life with their new quarterback, Munoz. But uh, Vesperus and the Eagles put it on them, especially hanging 14 points in the fourth quarter. That was close until the fourth quarter. And then uh, Eastern just salted away that game with their run game at the very end. And I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty good win for the, the Eagles. They're now 2-2 two two in the Big Sky, 3-4 and four overall. And Weber falls to 1-4 and four in the Big Sky, 3-5 and five overall. The other game that happened today was Northern Colorado at Cal Poly. Cal Poly gets a win, 24-17. Sam Heward amassed 333 yards and two touchdowns. He also threw two interceptions. I did not watch a lick of that game. It was uh, just, you know, keeping your eyes on it from afar. So good on, good on Cal Poly. Three and five, one and four in the big sky. Unfortunately for Northern Colorado, they're owing seven and 0 oh and four. Never want to see a team go 0 oh four. So hoping for the Bears to get a win here in the future. We had to wait all day long. Big sky after dark. And that's what we're here to talk about. The Montana State Sacramento State game. Your Montana State had to go down to Sac State. Play the Stingers first time since 2019, and I think it's our first win since 2015. I probably should have put that in the notes somewhere. 
I might be wrong on that. I'll check that before we record on Monday. But Montana State, your Montana State Bobcats hung it to them 42-30. Most notably, we hung 21 points on them in the fourth quarter and just kind of took their souls late in the game. And that was a big-time matchup because the, the narrative around the Bobcats has been, who have we beaten? You know, we had our good win against Weber State. They were number eight in the nation at that point, but we've all seen when Weber State has become. So that doesn't that doesn't look like a great win right now, but at the time it was. But uh, yeah, late night last night, and I think we all took a collective sigh of relief after that fourth quarter, and the Montana State moves on to go six and one overall with a lone lone loss to. South Dakota State, we're 4-0 in the Big Sky Conference. So we're sitting atop the Big Sky Conference. And now Sac State's 5-2, and 2-2 in the Big Sky with losses against Montana State and Idaho State. On these instant reaction shows, we like to give what's in the good, the okay, and the bad. Let's start off with the good. I thought Montana State took it on the chin and never wavered. Uh, what I mean by that, we were down early. Uh, Bennett, their quarterback, was able to find comfort in the pass, the quick pass. We had a lot of slants completed against us. And then uh, early on, we found ourselves in a hole, 0-7. to seven. And I thought uh, Sac State brought a lot of good energy during this game. And it felt like this was a good challenge for Montana State in a game that we kind of needed to have a challenge. Montana State rose to the part. We... We didn't waver. We never got too high, never got too low. And we continued to lean on them. And in the fourth quarter, kind of just took their souls, as Jeff Choate would like to say. So that was a good win for Montana State to take an early knock to the chin, some adversity, especially with the injuries. And we'll talk about that in here in a moment. But really impressed with our depth and how we responded late night in Sacramento State on ESPN2. Good job, Cats. Another good is, I think it was the fifth game in a row. We've had 300 plus on the ground. We ended up with 329, 328. Depends on what site you're looking at. And it's kind of uh, just laughing to myself because like that's normal. Like who runs for 300 plus a game? That's wild. And we've done it five times in a row. It just speaks to our offensive line. And that was another good thing I had in our category. Our offensive line. I would say is probably the best unit in the big sky, maybe the best unit in the FCS. We are very lucky and very blessed to have such a powerful offensive line, and our success starts and ends with those guys. Absolutely does. Let's see. I want to give give a shout-out to Julius Davis. Davis had himself a day, had a – ESPN type moment when he hurdles a defender for an epic gain. He had 110 yards on 12 carries and one touchdown. I was preaching throughout the game to guys I was texting with, feed him the ball. They couldn't stop Julius Davis. He's a violent runner, runs downhill, seeks out contact, and he's fast. Love Julius Davis. Love to see him back in action. He had he had himself a big day. And a great interview after the game where he just happy to be a Bobcat. I mean, Bobcat fans out there, Julius Davis is a guy you should be very proud of. All right, I want to give a shout-out, another good, to the young guys who stepped up, like Ryan Lonegren, tight end. 
who played a lot of fullback for us in the absence of Derek Snell. Devin Davis, Miles Jackson, those guys covering in the slot with the absence of Lavelle Price Jr. I thought our depth continued to show the way Montana State practices and prepares their guys. It didn't seem to be a problem, even with the prolific passing attack that Sac State has, because they did have a really good passing attack. I was really impressed with Bennett, their quarterback. He was accurate. He was decisive, and they got the ball out fast. They completed a lot of those five to eight yard slants against us, and that is uh, moves me over to the okay category because if you look at those quick slants, I think that's kind of a recipe for Montana State's defense right now. If you want to attack us, Cal Poly did the same thing. The quick pass game is something we've kind of struggled, and I don't know if Montana State is just putting that up by design saying, all right, we'll give it to you but you're going to have to go the length of the field and we're going to bet on our defense to make a stop when the stop is needed. That might be part of it. It just might be part of our coverage schemes as well. It seemed like we were playing a little bit more of a soft zone rather than a man scheme that we had been seeing. And maybe that was just by design. I'll have to go back and look at it again, but those quick slants really hurt us. Although it did lead to one of our interceptions where I think it was I think it was Miles Jackson. It might have been Devin Davis. Uh, tipped up the ball on a quick slant, and that one went to Ryland Ort. That came right after we threw an interception from Sean Chambers. Another thing in the OK category for me, and this is going to be kind of a uh, a hot take because I think you're either going to like it or not, but I'm OK on the Big Sky After Dark games. I think going forward, the stability of Montana State, the stability of the Big Sky, and our relationship with ESPN will continue to burgeon. I'm guessing, I'm predicting we are going to see more of these games, the Big Sky after dark. It used to be the Pac-12 after dark. I think ESPN is going to capitalize on the stability of the Big Sky there. So get used to it, is what I'm trying to say. I didn't mind... Watching it late at night, the wait up to it was excruciating, waiting all day for it. But knowing that we were the only thing on TV, getting the hype from the production of the ESPN crew, I did like it. I just wish it was at Montana State. Two years in a row, they've gone down to Sac State. Last year, they had the uh, the Stingers and the Grizz. And this year, it's the Stingers and the Bobcats. <laughs> the Stingers, the Hornets, excuse me. I call them the Stingers sometimes. But I, I don't mind it. It was okay. I just don't like waiting all that long. <clears throat> Another thing in the okay was tackling with good pad level. We got burned on their last touchdown. We tried to meet the guy in the hole, and I can't remember who it was. It was their uh, secondary. It wasn't Fulcher. He went out early. But uh, one of their running backs got in late, and um, the defender for Montana State had bad pad level. Tried to take him up high, and that's just... You know, Coach Choate used to preach good pad level. I just thought our tackling, we had some arm whiffs there. It continues to be something we can work upon, absolutely. Another thing in the OK is what I'm calling mixing the chilies. This is reference for our podcast. The wife's chili is Sean Chambers. The mom's chili is Tommy Malott. It seemed to me we didn't have a good mix of defined roles for them. It just seemed we were willy-nilly putting each quarterback in, taking them out, and this has been a gripe with me. I think we need to let one guy cook, honestly. Sean Chambers is a momentum type of quarterback. 
You put him in for a couple of plays and then you take him out. He's like a motor that needs to get warm. Leave him in there. Let him cook a little bit. I think, I think if we let him have that defined role, our offense looks really good. It'll look really good with Tommy Mallott too. So this is a good problem to have. I don't know. But the way we were bringing them in and out, even in the same series, like first down, second down, Tommy Mallott, third down, fourth down, Sean Chambers. Ah, I did not. I was not a fan of that. I understand more defined roles as far as like Sean maybe being in the red zone, Tommy being between the 40s or excuse me, between the 20s. I did not know what uh, was going on right there. And sometimes late in the game when we had Tommy back there, and I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack from this, I was kind of hoping for Chambers back there. I think Chambers operates the two-minute drill a little bit more effectively. Point in case right before we went into halftime when we needed to go to march the field, and we did. We got into field goal uh, range. We'll talk about the field goals here in a moment. I think Chambers could have you know, had just as – the response to get down the field would have been just as good or even better than what we saw with Malat. I just think he has the it factor when it comes to the two-minute drill. All right, let's move on to the bad. Injuries. Let's just talk about that right away. All of a sudden, we felt banged up. Snell is gone. Danny Yu went out. Lavelle Price. Big-time players in big-time positions, and we don't know about Danny Yu yet. We hope. I mean, fingers crossed, right? Hope Lavelle Price gets back. No clue why Snell was over in street clothes. But uh, again, this is, this is a good and a bad because you look back to the good. The young guys stepped up. The bad is, you know, you don't, Danny, you being gone, let's, let's just hope that is not season ending. Because Nolan Askelson, he went down too. Got a play, got, got kind of tingled up with that uh, Hornet there in you're like holding your breath. You're like, okay, you know, we have Mikado O'Reilly, uh, Neil Daly, but what after Cole Bullock? We've got some guys at uh, linebacker, but missing both number 41 and number 30. That's going to be tough for Montana to see if we can't write that ship. Another in the bad category. Sack average 7.1 yards on the ground. They actually averaged more than we did. I think we were like at 6.7. They had 28 carries for 200 yards. Montana State's ground game, which is our defense against the run, is normally really stout. That was not good. Uh, I didn't think that was a good showing for Montana State as far as being able to bottle up the run game. I think Bennett only got loose one time in the fourth quarter. But it was concerning to see them get 7.1 yards per clip for 28 carries. That's, That's not great. Another thing in the bad is the late TD drive by the by Sac State where they converted a third and 17 and a fourth and 14. And that just left the sour taste in my mouth. Also for national slot voters, as I'm going to call them out in these polls, they're going to see a closer game than it actually was. Man, how do you give up a third and 17? How do you give up a four and four, fourth and 14? That just drove me nuts. Just finish the play. Send the house. I don't care. At one point, we dropped nine guys. Rush two. We looked a little discombobulated. And everybody's going to say, we look gassed. Well, you know what? I think everybody was. Doesn't give you an excuse to give up a fourth and 14. We got to be better on that. And the last thing I'm going to say is 
the kicking game, man, it's just, I don't know. Like, Sticks Hall just does, he might do it in the practices, but when it comes time to kicking the field goals, and I'm not here to roast him, but there needs to be some sort of accountability there. I've been calling for Casey Kotsman all year, and maybe Casey's just akin to uh, what we see Hall doing. I'm not sure, but Hall, he's not the answer right now as far as field goals. He's done fine, and uh, he's done better with the points after. I, I have given them that. Uh, he had a little shaky start early on in the season, and he's money with the punts. Oh, my gosh. Amazing with the punts. Amazing with the kickoffs. But place-kicking duties, that's something that's going to bite Montana State. If we come down to a game and we need a field goal, how are you feeling about that right now, Bobcat fans? Because I know I'm not feeling very good at all. So we need that to be remedied. And other than that, the bad, I'm sure I missed a little bit here and there. People are going to talk about the handshake with Andy Thompson, Coach Vegan at the very end. Yeah, I think Andy Thompson is just a fierce competitor. I wouldn't be surprised if he called Coach Vegan today and said, hey, man, I'm sorry, I just wasn't in the right state of mind to maybe have some chit-chat out there. But overall, Montana State takes care of business. I would, I would not be surprised if Montana State has some first-place votes going into this next uh, week. We got a huge game at Idaho, one that yours truly, Ryan Foley, will be at with his family. So if you're going to Idaho, if you're down in Moscow, or if you're even in Spokane this week preparing for it, please reach out to me. I'd love to maybe meet some fans and uh, just talk Bobcats, maybe have a beer or something. I'm sure my wife would give me a little kitchen pass because she's been out in San Diego all weekend. So <laughs> get a hold of me. Let's go have a beer. Let's talk Bobcat football. If nothing else, if you see me at uh, at the game, I'd be happy to talk with you. I just love talking Bobcat athletics, and I can't get enough. I can't wait to see the, the blue and gold down here in, in uh, the Palouse. So with that being said, go Cats, and uh, let's prepare for Idaho. All right, here it is.